Hey guys, you know that I love inkandivycollective.com and they have been my podcast sponsor for the last few weeks. This week, I am very excited to announce that you can save 15% off their whole website using the code CHERRY. You can find the direct link to their website in my show notes. And if you want amazing female tattoo artists art on super comfy, super cute clothes, I've been living in my little hoodie for the last week. Definitely check them out. I want to tell you guys about a beauty company that just launched recently called Rebels in Rouge. They are a small company that makes bath bombs, bath treats, sugar scrubs, and body butters, and their product list is still growing. I got a little goodie box of their treats, and I am already addicted. The sugar scrub smells like actual cookies, and the body butter smells like sunflowers by Elizabeth Arden, which whisks me back to my adolescence. Check them out at rebelsinrouge.com. Direct link and socials are in my show notes. And if anybody has a company and you would like to sponsor a future podcast, my rates are actually very reasonable. So send me an email. Let me know if you're interested. My email is theonlycherrydollface at gmail.com. It is also in the show notes. I would love to have you sponsor my next episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherry Dollface. Today, we have kind of a dark topic, but it is something that is very real for many people. We're talking about losing a partner, whether it's a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or just general romantic partner. My guest today is someone familiar with living through illness and the death of a partner. My friend Amanda lost her partner, Cody, last year after a valiant battle with cancer. I met Amanda around the time that she lost Cody, and I have had the honor of being inspired by not only her strength and courage, but also by her sense of humor and unyielding sarcasm through the unthinkable. Hello, Amanda. Hi. <laughs> have you ever done a podcast before? I haven't. I don't even know if I've ever heard my voice recorded besides like my voicemail. Oh, you're going to hate this when you I'm listen really, back I'm to really it. Excited. Are you even going to listen to it? Unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I will. So you are actually one of my few actual real life friends that I know that has had the loss of a partner. Yeah. So I'm very glad that you agreed to do this with me. Totally. Because I know you're not like an influencer or no. one of us dumb jerks. <laughs> so um, I never got the good luck of meeting Cody, but everybody that knows him, all of our mutual yeah. friends, just talks about how amazing he was. I also want to disclaim here, I am a freaking weepy softy, so <laughs> I, pr I have my pie hole napkins that sounded horrible we just ate at a restaurant called pie hole she's lying <laughs> so tell me the good stuff before cody got sick tell me all about him oh yeah great guy i mean shoot i was freshly out of college i was dating this other guy for five years i met him at work he was like this older dude with a mustache and i was like oh this guy's like really cool and he likes like cool music i'd see him around work a lot we worked at a Hurley, one day he like invited me to like a show that his band was having at this little bar in Costa Mesa called the Avalon. We were both very clumsy. And so he's like, oh, we should go to the swap meet sometime. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I went to give him my number and we couldn't hear one another and we like hit heads like super hard. And I was <laughs> so like, romantic. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> You're meant to be. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wow. Found another clumsy goof. Yeah, he wound up moving in like a month after we started hanging out, which is like, I don't recommend to anybody. We both were just very goofy people. I grew up in South Orange County, like very much like hardcore scene. Like everyone's like real mad. 
all the time. <laughs> and like, so I was that way as well. And so when I met him, he definitely like broke me out of my shell. And I can't like, imagine you ever being mad. You're like my most like happy, positive friend. <laughs> it took a lot you're of You're sarcastic, work. but like you're so like positive and sweet. Oh my God, it took Thank a you, lot. Cody. Yeah, right? I know. Because I was just like not a friendly person. He showed me what some like what kindness was, which is like the one thing that like I really took away. I took a lot of things away from the relationship, obviously. It was really weird. Like as we got deeper into the relationship, like it was very, like we just kind of like knew. There was no thinking about stuff. You kind of become one in a way. You didn't have that conversation of like, what are we? What are we doing? You just just did it. Well, oh God, no. He asked me to be his girlfriend. Oh yeah. And you said no, right? Four times. (laughs) And I said, "Mm, no, I'm not ready. Um, And then one morning... He were at my house and we woke up and I looked at him and I was like, I guess I can keep doing this. So, and then I asked him, you know, music was a big thing. Like we both have horror movies. So it was like a very easy relationship. But it was also hard. Like we also were very different people. We taught it all, like each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a really rough past before me. People always said like, you changed him. You made him not like that anymore. Because a lot of his friends like stopped hanging out with him because of like what he was getting into and like the kind of person he was becoming. And I didn't know him that way. So mm-hmm. like to me, I'm like, oh, that's weird. But you pulled him out of the darkness. I guess I did. You pulled each other out of the darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm always like, no, he did a lot for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just one way. How did you find out that he was sick? How long were you together when you found oh, God. out he was sick? We were together for eight and a half years and he was sick for a year. That's it? Yeah. I thought he was sick for longer. No. How did you find out he was sick? Had, he was a complainer. So he would just complain about everything. And one day he's like, oh, like, I have this weird pain over here. I'm like, okay. It's like, oh, it's just another thing he's complaining about. His job was very physical. He was like an electrician and stuff. So it's like, oh, maybe you just moved weird. I don't know. But then we started noticing he was like losing a lot of weight. And he was a bigger guy. Because I've seen the pictures of when he was sick versus before. And he was like a big guy. He was a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, He was not, he was chubby. And Mm -hmm. like, he loved it. Yeah, it was weird. Because he was always, you know, 240 or something. And like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's like, my pants don't fit. Like, I have to put another hole in my belt. And like... He was not a worker outer. He like went to the gym once to like install a light bulb or something. <laughs> so when he's like, when who would walk or drive by people running, he'd be like, who's chasing you? Like he didn't, <laughs> he like didn't understand like exercise. Mm-hmm. But he was one of the, those people. It's like, I don't go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. The doctor isn't going like, to do anything. I'm going to complain about how terrible I feel, but I'm oh, yeah. never going to go to the I'm doctor. to do anything that's, about I, that's it. every man. You just have to listen. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, so eventually one day he's like, uh, I have a meeting in the morning for work, but then I think I'm going to like go to the ER. And I was like, oh, just casual. Just, I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> do you? And uh, the reception there is just known to be shitty. Mm-hmm. And like, I kept texting him and stuff and like calling, but I wasn't hearing anything. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew when he went in, I forget the time exactly. Mm-hmm. But at this point I should be like, Oh, he should be home by now. Yeah. So I wound up going and uh, I walked into the room he was at. He had this look on his face that I've never seen before. And he was holding a piece of paper and he had tears in his eyes. Mm. Then I started getting scared because I've never seen him cry yeah. unless like someone passed or something. But like, he's like, they found a bunch of masses inside of me. Wow. So it had already gotten that far. It was stage four. But like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's so much of this I don't know because for people listening. So yeah. I met Amanda through, if you guys follow me on social media, the gal that does my hair, Stephanie. Yeah. So totally. I didn't know any of the details. And yeah. I, I guess I've never asked you. I guess it's not something you ask a friend, yeah. like, tell me all the details of your husband's death. <laughs> hey, tell me about this really <laughs> terrible thing that happened to you casually over coffee. Um, so the masses were like tumors? I guess. Like, I'm the kind of person that's like, I don't believe it until I see it. Mm-hmm. 
So in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's probably just like a bunch of like weird like ulcers or something, which is like stupid. Maybe it's just like blood clots. Like, I don't know. But we you're also nothing. like, you're going to want to be in denial, especially when you have a young husband yeah. who's relatively healthy. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it kind of came down to was his spleen was considered massive. So it had been, it was filled with these masses. Did they even know he had cancer at this point? Or no. they just knew it was just masses? They just knew there were masses. They were doing tests. And then one day a doctor casually says, cancer in some spiel and even doctors talk i'm like, like what are you saying wait I'm a like, minute <laughs> like, you say like the c word and i remember like we looked at each other like did he just no he couldn't have said that cody was a very defiant patient and he like mm-hmm. refused to wear like the hospital gowns and stuff so he would demand t-shirt converse <laughs> pants and he would go into the waiting room like the family room or whatever with like his stick his with, iv yeah with his <laughs> iv and like be in normal clothes and people are like are you a patient like what's happening but we we're in the like family room and the doctor came in he's like hey it's so, like we have the results. You have cancer. You hear of other people having it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, my best friend, Ashley, her mom had passed away from cancer. So I kind of like knew some stuff, but like. You never think it's going to be that close to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel that close to you. Like it didn't feel that close to us until like, you know, you start getting it's in into it. Yeah. Yeah. How old was he at this point? 36. Okay. But yeah, then the doctor's like, it's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, which is a blood cancer. Wow, that's usually like the one they catch early and it's easy to fix. Exactly. He had no symptoms until he was feeling... How long did he have this pain in his side and the weight loss and all that? Honestly, I have no idea. Wow. Because he started getting headaches too. And then like, oh, by the way, you, have, you also have jaundice. Hmm. And like... Was he yellow? I We didn't see it because like, you know, the lights in here, it's kind of like yellow. Yeah. I didn't really see it until he was like on like a white... In like, the hospital. ...bed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like you're yellow. You're like, you're Homer Simpson. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> eyes are yellow yeah. like, what's happening non-hodgkin's lymphoma stage four this one gets misdiagnosed a lot because it is such a like it's not like specific it's like oh you lost weight oh gotcha or i have a oh, headache you're having headaches or, yeah, exactly because okay. it would get headaches and it's mm-hmm. like you just have a Who headache as soon as like we found out they like whisk him away i always forget the term but it's like this thing they put into your chest port port calf mm-hmm. they had to do a lot of like uh, biopsies and like trying to figure out what to do and blah 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 and then they're like okay we're starting chemo it's like, we didn't even get to like go home. Like, okay, chemo started. Wow, that was like within the same visit? It was like, this was maybe like a couple days. Wow. It, again, like I said, I mean, it was it's just good like, that they move so fast, but at stage four, what else do you do? Yeah. When I really like felt it the most was when I was leaving the oncology floor, which I was going down the elevator and there was like an older couple and the guy like kind of looked at me. He's like, oh, you're so young. Like, well, why are you here? I was like, like oh. none of your damn business. <laughs> I was like, my husband has cancer. And the first time it like came out of your mouth, it's just like, it just like went blah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, it didn't fumble. It was just like a fucking bullet train. I'm mm-hmm. like, I said that. Like, this is real. He was there for weeks, a couple of weeks, just doing like super aggressive chemo. And again, he's very defiant. So wearing his normal clothes, like acting like everything's fine, <laughs> but like using humor. That was, I think, both of our thing is like we use humor to like. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. Avoid our feelings. Yeah. yeah. The uh, chemo was working at first. Wow. Things were shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason he had jaundice was because his spleen was so massive. I mean, the whole thing was just a nightmare. So he was, but he was, I know that from what Stephanie told me, he was very sick for that year. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. You know, he lost all of his hair. He lost all his eyebrows. He lost his lashes. But then he got better, didn't he? Mm. Or started to? He started to get better. And they're like, basically, it's localized just to the spleen. Wow. So like, fuck it. Let's take that spleen out. I was going to say, can't you live without a spleen? Yeah, they took it right out. Uh, but the insurance took a really long time. Oh no. And it had spread to his diaphragm. 
at just that point. general area? Yeah. It just, like, wow. latched itself. Mm. Doctor's like, I think I got it all. Like, you should be good. But no, it's then the next time he got a scan, he, like, lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Uh, yeah. And we're like, oh, cool. So then they did a more aggressive chemo. Yeah. And it's just, like, you know, it's fucking tumbleweed. Just the sickness. I mean, chemo sometimes is worse than the actual cancer. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the time. It's poisoning. Oh. You're poisoning yourself. Exactly. Like, you're yeah. intentionally trying to kill yourself without actually killing like yourself. Like, yourself to the brink. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you were ready for the possibility of him dying? Do you think you ever let your brain really go there? That's a good question. He did. Mm-hmm. He was all about it. He's like, every night at dinner, he'd be like, this is what I want you to do if I die. I'm like, can we like not do that yeah. tonight? Just not tonight. Mm-hmm. He was very adamant. Like, I want you to move on. Like, you're young. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. This is not a fun topic. And I think myself, I was like, he's not going to die. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah. it happens in movies. I don't know exactly what led up to him actually dying, but I know that mm-hmm. you had gone away for the weekend with Stephanie. Yeah. And then you got back and then Monday was like, they were like, say your goodbyes. Monday. So yeah. So he had gone into the hospital like Thursday. Shit was failing. You know, his heart was working at like 30%. I had like approved dialysis while I was on our trip. And like Steph and I had planned that a while ago. So it was like for one night in LA, like I wasn't far. Like I felt like if something were bad to happen, like I could go home. I felt like a lot of people were judging me for that, but also not like, at all. But you'd also gone through a year of holy shit, as dude. sick as hell husband. And I asked him because he did lose consciousness after a few days. So it's like, I asked him when he still was there, like, Hey, like I don't have to do that. I'll cancel it. He's like, no, I want you to go. Yeah. You need to get out of here. You're at the hospital like every fucking day, like leave. And that's the thing when you're sick, so sick for so long, you never think that that's going to be the moment. It's going to be the end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You just think like, Oh, here's another weekend of him being sick. Totally. Yeah. And so Monday, I remember I got a phone call at like 6 a.m. from the nurse. And she's like, hey, like, he had a small seizure last night. He's not doing really well, but like, he's starting to do, like, his numbers are coming up. Like, if you want to have some friends come by, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's such a good idea. Like, we'll get it, we'll get them all excited. We'll party. And, like, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. And we literally did. We took mm-hmm. over the entire fucking waiting room and people, someone ordered a pizza. And we, there were so many of us and so many people did get to talk to him and like, so he was conscious? No. Oh. Okay. No, he was not there. The only time this, this was, this is the stuff that like, you know, feels weird. Is like the only time he would move was like if someone said my name. Aww. So like that was like, I'm, I feel lucky that I was able to like hear his last words kind of a thing. Like I told him I loved him. One of the last times he was, clear, I see you. You're getting me. <laughs> I see you. You're getting me. <laughs> You're getting me. Um, you know, it's like I was able to like say that to him and stuff like, and he knew it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. There was a response, though, so that you know that he knew. He knew. So that day, though, we had everyone over. Like, it was from, like, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. It was, like, fucking party at Found Valley Regional. We're doing this. And, like, <laughs> it, it, it didn't feel like a goodbye. I think a few... I'm delusional at this point, of obviously. Like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's going to be fine yeah. tomorrow. One more person was there, and then I was like, I need to go home. I'm exhausted. Like, I love you. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. Whatever. Then Tuesday. I remember it was a Tuesday. Like, I remember it, too, just from Stephanie telling me this. <laughs> I remember Stephanie and me crying about yeah. your story together, and yeah. I hadn't even met you yet. <laughs> Tuesday morning, I get another phone call. Hey, he had another seizure, uh, but he's doing okay now. Like, just want to give you a heads up. So I called his parents. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be there like in 10 minutes. Like, I'll see you guys in a bit. And they're like, cool. I fucking walk into the doors of just the hospital. And I hear someone just screaming my name. Like, Amanda, Amanda. It was like, his, as you're walking in. As I'm walking in, oh. I was like, who? Is there another Amanda? Like, mm-hmm. what is happening? It was his sister. 
And she's like, they're giving him CPR. Like, you need to get there now. He was in ICU, intensive care unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has like a special door and everything you have to call. I didn't even fuck the phone. I'm fucking banging on this door. I'm like, Let me in! and this woman's <laughs> like, what's happening? I was like, my husband's in there. Like I walk in, I start walking towards his room and his room is just spilling with people. There's maybe 15 people just like coming out with a crash cart. I started pushing people out of my way. Like nurses and doctors are like, get the fuck out. They're like trying to touch me. And I was just screaming like, don't just, fucking touch me. Just so you guys know, listening to this, Amanda is, you are 4'11". I'm 4'11". <laughs> <laughs> She's like the teeniest, <laughs> sweetest little blonde nubbin of a human. <laughs> I'm fucking elbowing people. I'm like, get out of here. And at that point, my knees started getting weak. I started like kind of falling. Someone caught me. I started uh, gagging. It felt like forever, but it also felt like no time at all. And then, you know, I hear a beep. I was like, oh, cool. It's done. Like, we're fine now. And the doctor looked at me. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, he's gone. Because I couldn't really see. They were trying to, can I be a little gory? For like yeah, a second? of course. So, like, his lungs had filled with blood. So, when oh, they were doing so CPR, there was fucking blood everywhere. Yeah. They didn't want me to see it, obviously. Of course, yeah. Gruesome. I saw a little bit. And, like, you know, I hear that beep. And I'm like, oh, he's fine. Like, I'm just going to go in there. And no, he's gone. Again, I stood up, started pushing people. I'm like, no, you have to do more. I'm like, you can't just like give up. And mm-hmm. I'm screaming and his uncle and his dad come in. They're like, no, like this is it. And I fell to the floor. I kicked everyone out of the room. And like I found, I still have it, which is so stupid. I love self-torture. So <laughs> <laughs> I found like the EKG thing, like the reader. And I see the moment that his heart stopped. There's a lot of things that you like don't, think that you're aware of until it's happening mm-hmm. it's kind of like just like a animal instinct i guess because mm-hmm. i'm like oh shit like he's dead this is the last time his body is going to be warm wow so you wanted to touch him yeah and yeah. like this is the super messed up part is like during chemo like chemo as a liquid is a poison mm-hmm. it can burn you mm-hmm. you know our intimacy level like we barely kissed during this whole year because like we were so terrified so it's like you know our our relationship has changed a lot in that sense i was like fuck like i never got to kiss him like all these thoughts are going through my brain and Mm -hmm. like he has blood on his mouth i didn't give a shit i'm like holding his hand i'm like this is the last time i'll be able to like lay with him it's like these thoughts that i never even thought that i had Mm -hmm. were coming out and then i think i i don't know then more people came my cousin like some of his family but his family left fairly quickly yeah wants to see like their son like yeah I think people deal with grief one of two ways. They either want to see it or they want to be really far away from it. Oh, yeah. It's weird because I remember my grandpa had an open casket and I was so terrified of yeah. my body. I was like, oh, my God. That's me. Like, I don't want to. I've never been to a funeral. I don't want to open casket. I don't want to remember people yeah. I love. That it's way. weird. I, that, he was the third dead body I've ever seen. But it was the only one where I'm like, no, it's like my person. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. I'm never going to get to do this again, you know? Yeah, it was wild. And then, you know, it's the death industry. I learned a lot about that. And it's. How it's such a business. Oh my yeah. God. They make a killing. Uh-huh. No pun intended. <laughs> 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 or was it? They like, you know, they hand, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, here's a paper. You have to move his body in 24 hours out of the morgue. Oh yeah. And like, figure out where you want to take him. It? Luckily, like I knew. Did you have, had you planned for that? Kind of. Well, he wanted to, but you were like, like not today. Gonna talk about it. Yeah. He made a will. Like he had oh, everything kind of like set up. He took this more. He was a dark person anyways. Like we both were. Well, but I think it's different too when you're sick. I have this conversation with 
James a lot mm-hmm. because I have like a heart condition. Right, I've had right. health things. And like we've talked about, we don't want to get married, but we maybe want to set up health directives and power totally. training and all that. And oh, he yeah. is of the mind of like, let's talk about tomorrow. And I'm like, no, especially right now with COVID. Dude. And so I am of that mind because I understand my own Absolutely. mortality. I think when you're sick or you have illness or disease, it Absolutely. feels closer to you. Which I totally understand now. I feel like yeah. my relationship with death is very different. Totally. No? You uh, you don't take anything for granted. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like those little things, mm-hmm. you know, just like hearing him play guitar in the living room. I don't get to hear that anymore. Yeah. I hated it when it was happening. But you like, did get to hear that one guy that you went on a date with who picked up his guitar. Who still has his pedals, by the way. He's actually just a friend. (laughs) I thought he was a guy you were on a date with. Oh, God. Amanda told us we have like a a group of girlfriends. She's like, this guy picked up my dead husband's guitar. I was was playing uh, it. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) Yikes. Um, So what was the hardest thing after he died? I mean, obviously the grief, Mm -hmm. but like Uh, besides the grief. I mean, this sounds terrible, but it was like people. Like talking to people? Yeah. Seeing people. Just like people in your life? Yeah. Like at work, like when I did start going back to work or like people I haven't seen in a minute and they like knew what happened. And like, they didn't know how to like deal with you or there be was, around you. It's just like they didn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. And they were either, either like over the top or like... Acted like it didn't happen. Kind of. Yeah. The worst one I had was a friend, coworker, and she was like, I thought he was doing better. And I was like... I did too, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. What do you want me like, to say? Like, what, what answer are you going to give like, her what? for that? Like, well, he wasn't. It, well, he died. So yeah. I guess not. And but then, that's when you say shit like that and make people uncomfortable. And I, they, like, check their behavior. Yeah. It was just, like, I was so checked out at that point. I was like, okay. And then another, my, like, the one of the VPs at the company I was at at the time was like, oh, I remember when my husband and I got divorced. Like, I understand, like, people trying uh-uh. to, like, nope. relate them. I'm like, nope, not the same. Neither of us wanted this to happen. Like, I'm not yeah. mad at him. He was not mad at me, if anything. Losing someone out of your life is different than losing somebody off of the earth. Yeah. You didn't choose to end your relationship. No. He died. He died. That's mega different. And so it was dealing with people then that was the people, hardest. People like, it wasn't dealing was with the, like, the funeral and the, like, all that. Again, it's like, I got, maybe it's just the type of personality that I am, but I'm very much like just hyper-focused. Mm, gotcha. So I was like, I got to get this done. Uh, and then I got to pick out the urn. I got to like do this. It's like a, a to-do list, yeah. essentially. But, so another question, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to someone with a sick partner or just someone that is planning a life with somebody? Like, mm. would you give any sort of like planning slash preparing yourself for that as a possibility? Ooh, that's a hard one because you can't. Yeah. You know, it's like as much as you think you're prepared, you're never prepared. Do you think that him doing like his will and all of that stuff, like if he hadn't of, would have been amazing? Yeah. If he hadn't done that, I don't know what I would have done. You know, it's like we kind of talked about like, oh, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? Like he had both options in there. He's like, do it this way or do it this way. Having that kind of thing prepared, I mean, as much as it sucks, like I remember, you know, he passed and my best friend's mom, like I said, had passed. I'm like, we need to make wills for ourselves. Yeah. Because this can happen anytime. And it definitely made my mindset different. It's like, life doesn't owe us anything. Mm-hmm. We're just here for the ride. And it doesn't matter how young you are. That's Does the thing I matter. think people that are our age, like in 30s, like n- now getting into 30s, you're starting to hear of friends yeah. dying more than just like car accident or suicide. Totally. Like now it's like health stuff and yeah. whatever. And like, yeah, we're like, we should have about double the life left in us. Yeah. But... You just yeah. never know. I, I guess advice to like a, a person that is 
plenty of life with someone who's sick or whatever. It's like, do as much as you can. Like with the person? With that person. Mm -hmm. Those memories, they're fucking priceless. Mm -hmm. Like I remember the last trip we went on together. Like I remember like these little things, you know, and it's like, I'm so fucking glad we did that. Mm -hmm. Like I know he wasn't feeling the best, but like I'm glad we had that. Even like we would just drive to like Palm Springs and like get food and then go home. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, just to, to not like be get home. out of that bubble. Yeah, because yeah. you want to forget sometimes. Totally. So definitely write a will. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And and also don't sweat the small stuff. Like in a relationship? Yeah. Like, oh, he chews like this and it oh, annoys me. Oh my God. <laughs> I used to get really mad. I didn't love that he would shave his mustache and then be the tiny hairs everywhere. But like, <laughs> I'd rather have that than him than not, have not that. be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I would do that a million times over. So I didn't ask you this before, but is it okay if we talk a little bit about Jeremy? Oh, sure. Okay. So Jeremy (laughs) is Amanda's current boyfriend. We could finally call him your boyfriend officially. (laughs) Oh, jeez. But I just want to know, like, how has it been moving on with a new partner? Like, do you feel like it's a lot of pressure for him? Do you feel like you compare? Like, do you feel like it's unique because you had a partner die versus just breaking up? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's... I mean, you don't know anything else. I don't know anything else. (laughs) This is just the cards that were dealt, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... I feel like, if anything, because him and I, like I said, we had talked about this so much, and he was always like, I want you to, like, have a new boyfriend. I want you to have a husband. You oh, know fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you're going to love me forever. <laughs> you're never going to touch anyone else. Um, he was like, I remember he would say, you might find someone more handsome than me, maybe more funny, but no one will ever love you as much as I did. Aww. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking sap. God damn it. But like I also said too, referring back to like when I was saying like our relationship changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't really intimate. Like our connection was mainly emotional at this Mm -hmm. point. So it's like, so having that now is someone else. Yeah. Yeah, Girls got needs. (laughs) I felt extremely judged when I did start dating people. I felt like I had to hide. That's just silly. Like you asked for him to die. So you could go date again. God. (laughs) Like that's another thing that I don't like about this is like, people telling you like the rules like how you're supposed to deal with your grief and your yeah. life and you're so like hi on. i went to the library and i checked out the rules for being a widow yeah and this is them it's like no there's no rule book to this mm-hmm. like some people uh, like let this ruin them and that's on that that's up to them yeah you know and that's fine I, like for me i'm like i'm just gonna keep going because i knew he'd be bummed if I well did. you're so young too i think it's one thing if your partner dies when you're like both in the old folk home yeah, and you're both 80 sure. and even then people still get partners oh, and like bang all day long yeah. but when you're in your 30s like you still have There's more than time. half of your life left yeah but i've so i started uh nora mcinerney who does terrible things for asking a oh yeah, yeah, yeah that podcast, podcast. Uh, the one i suggested to you and you're like, like oh, oh yeah girl, i'm way ahead of I you know all about <laughs> so nora mcinerney I started listening to her podcast way before this happened and I always knew her story. Like she was a 32 year old. You widow. started listening to it before yeah. Cody died. Yeah. Wow. Before he was even sick. Yeah. You're just a dark, sick person. Just and like, you just oh, want to love to, to cry. <laughs> I just want to feel sad. I mean, I listen day. to it and I, <laughs> it's good. I, yeah, it's, it is it's touching. And I, I'm very much the kind of person that I like the, the reality check mm-hmm. that it can always be worse. Yeah. Even with him dying, like, it can still be worse. Totally. I could get diagnosed with cancer tomorrow. Like, we don't fucking know. 100%. You know, she's a 32-year-old widow, husband had brain cancer, was pregnant, whatever. I was like, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. I was that person. Oh, that sucks. That sucks for what her. And then life, you're like, wait, it's But me. then she's a podcast person. Like, she's killing it. Mm-hmm. But then it happens. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I wasn't sh- I don't remember if I knew that she did uh, Hot Young Widows Club or not, but then I kind of became involved in that. Oh, so it's like a support group. It's a group. Yeah, oh. there's a little... Is like, it Facebook? Uh, no, it's like a... Fuck, it's some weird app. 
It's band called Hot Young, Hot Young Widows Club. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you need oh, that. If you have lost anybody or you know anybody that has lost somebody, fucking read it. Interesting. So just is about dealing with grief. And- yeah. And the way she deals with it is a lot like how I deal with things. Mm-hmm. It's like, you the know. unconventional way of unconventional way dealing of with things. Yeah. yeah. It's like humor. You like. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> I have two awkward stories. Excellent. I don't know if you want them. Oh, I love the uh, more awkward oh. the better. It makes me feel less awkward because right? I am the most awkward. Oh, it's great. I got his life insurance policy. Got a little check. Went to the bank. And there's a young teller. She's very, very cute. Probably like early 20s. She goes, oh my God, what do you have to do to get this kind of money? Oh, Jesus. And I was like, well. I was like, your, I just looked at her and I said, your husband dies. <laughs> and she just looked at me like, holy shit. You know, in I her head, like, she was like, fuck, 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 fuck. I felt like I just like crushed a tiny mouse. <laughs> but like, I kind of liked it. <laughs> and then she's like, oh my God, I love your outfit. Like, it was such a cute song. I was like, good save. Good save. It You're was, like, but thanks. I know I like it. <laughs> okay. I got it. You said there were two, two awkward There was one stories. more. You forgot oh, it. Oh, I was at a party. And I was with my friend who was engaged and then one of her friends who was sitting there. And this girl, the other girl knows nothing about me. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, I'm just this girl that's here. The girl who's getting engaged or whatever. She's like, oh, like, how was your wedding? Like, what did you do? What did you do? Blah, blah, blah. And then like next sentence, how's dating? Blah, blah, blah. How's this? And the girl's kind of like, third oh, girl's you, like, what where's, is happening? where's the husband? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, sorry. Hold on. I was like, my husband's dead. <laughs> And I just looked at her and my friends like, you can't do that. You're like, well, I was I like, well, I can. <laughs> and I did. But when you're so blunt about things like that, I feel like there's less of like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What do I do? Because then it's just like, oh, okay. That's how I always felt meeting when I met you. Mm-hmm. I never felt like I had to tiptoe around it. Yeah. I always just felt like, not that I would be like the jokester, like, oh yeah, her husband died. <laughs> like, the, yeah, not that for it's sure. funny, <laughs> right. but also just that like, if I was talking to somebody, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like her husband died last year. Mm-hmm. It, I could just say it instead of yeah. being like, oh, by the way, pss, pss, yeah. and like it, have to like make it a secret. Like I've always felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to worry about anybody's comfort right, but your right. own, but just saying. like the way you've dealt with it, I think makes it easier for people around you to deal with it as well. Because you're just blunt about it. That that's a thing because it's like. I'm not the first and the first person to have this happen. Well, and you, you it's also I mean? not your job to make other people feel okay about your grief. No. Like if you want to just say my husband's dead and make someone uncomfortable. Yeah. That's okay. Oh, like my best friend and I still joke about it. Like if something weird happens, it's like, oh, fucking Cody. <laughs> he did this. Like <laughs> fucking asshole. Or like if he's right, he always said, I'm right. I'm always right. And he usually was, which mm-hmm. was annoying. <laughs> but even now, like Ashton, like, God damn it. Like he, he was, was right. right. <laughs> you know what? It's like. It makes it less of like a thing. Yeah. I don't want to be defined as a young widow. Yeah. So I feel like by making it a part of the conversation, it's kind of removing that stigma because it's the truth. Yeah. I'm not hiding anything. And it's okay to feel awkward. It is totally okay to feel awkward. And weird. And It's okay to be like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I say, that's okay. You yeah. don't have to. Totally. That's fine. And nothing anybody's going to say is going to change it or make no. it better. Yeah. So. And I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I feel so much better. It's like, <laughs> totally. no, it's so shitty. Yeah. Like, 100%. It still sucks. So in every podcast, I actually do this little segment where I ask the same three questions to everybody. So Ooh. I know that this topic is a little bit outside of the typical unconventional norm, but I think yeah, that's yeah. why it makes it unconventional. Sure. So I'm going to ask you, first question is, what makes your life unconventional besides the fact that you are a young <laughs> widow? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I was like very obsessed with like death as a child, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like probably (laughs) another reason I'm so able to do this. 
E Hollywood stories were always on. I was always like the murder of so and so, and I'm like, oh yeah. You're like, oh mom, like, give me some snacks. Yeah, mom's like, what is wrong with you? Like, you can't, you shouldn't watch this. I'm like, it's fine. I just kind of have this weird outlook on a lot of things, mm-hmm. including death and stuff. And like, it got me into like the weird oddities and shit that I collect. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you've been to my I house. Mm-hmm. No, it's a museum. Yeah, it's like I have like, you know, a prosthetic arm for like a child from like the 1950s. As you do. It's just normal. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you you were unconventional in the darkness of life. My grandma used to say, what happened to you? You used to be so sweet. And I was like, <laughs> You're like, I was never sweet. I was always like that. <laughs> <laughs> so the flip side of that is what makes your life conventional? I am a really hard worker. Mm-hmm. You have a pretty normal job. Yeah, my job's normal-ish. Yeah. I do graphic design. Love what I do. Like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It's nice because I can still be, like, artistic. But you still get, like, benefits and a paycheck. And- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, PTO. <laughs> yeah, so up. there's that. I mean, that right there I'm is a huge convention. I live on my own. Like, I'm very, like, independent in that mm-hmm. sense. Again, going back to Cody, it's like we would always say, I don't need you, but I want you. I want you. you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I feel about James Hunter. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's like. I'm very much like, I like to do things on my own and like, I'm an independent woman. <laughs> okay. So this is, I'm going to bring the, the put, push the darkness back into the corner because yeah. the last question is name three positive things in your life right now, big or small. Uh, Sometimes people are like these huge things in their life. And then some people are like, my breakfast <laughs> was delicious this morning. I'm like, that's great. Oh, you know, though, when you go through death and loss and all that stuff is like, sometimes it's literally like those tiny things that. Oh, the smallest things. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like now I do notice those things way more significantly than I used to. Like the other day, the guy that I've been seeing, like he sent me an acai bowl. That was so sweet. She's like, he told me to be outside in 15 minutes. I thought he needed me to help him get stuff out of his car. (laughs) And then I got out there and there's a Postmates guy with like an acai bowl. And I almost like started crying. That's so sweet. Because I just love that. Yeah. He like thought of me and was like, oh, you want this. It's like those things like that. Shit. So that's one positive thing. That's positive. Because that was great. And that gave me the feel goods when you shared that's it with us. That's my shit. Yeah. I just want someone, because I'm very much like a motherly person. So it's mm-hmm. like when someone also like returns that in a way, I'm like, oh, yeah. Totally. What is this? Uh-huh. I like it. COVID. That's your positive thing? I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. Why is it positive? Positive for me in the sense that I don't give myself breaks. Oh, so it's like a forced time to... Literally, some yeah. of my friends from work especially were like... You did this. Yeah. Because someone out there was like, she needs a fucking break. Yeah. Because it's like when he died, I was still working. I was working at the hospital. I was like, do you have Wi-Fi? And like, I would just, I'd go to the hospital in the morning, go to work, and then go back to the hospital Mm -hmm. every day. And then when he died, it's like, okay, I got to plan his funeral. And I was like, okay, I got to go back to work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I didn't have a break. I didn't give myself the time to grieve. Maybe Mm -hmm. like I needed to. Mm Because then I started like drinking and going out more and like, and then that happened. And like, it was therapeutic in a lot of ways yeah because i had to sit in a lot of feelings that i had and you were alone that was the thing like anybody out there that complains about (laughs) what they've gone through with covid obviously unless you have covid or have lost someone to covid but if you are a a healthy happy person sitting alone complaining Mm. amanda went through covid (laughs) living alone no roommates by herself newly widowed i celebrated his one year death anniversary alone alone (laughs) yeah so if you can do it, then nobody else gets to complain. I always think about that when shit gets bad. I'll just like touch Jimmy and be like, okay. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah. It's you like, know the funny thing you were talking about touching Cody? Yeah. Because of him being warm? Yeah. It must be my morbid brain because sometimes I'll be in bed with him. Mm-hmm. James, not Cody. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> and he'll be sleeping and I'll just reach over and like touch his arm and just like think about 
the warmth, like the yeah. life in him and yeah. I'll feel his heartbeat. Yeah. And I just like think about those moments. Which is amazing. I feel like a lot of people don't stop and like do that. Think about life. I think that a, l- a little bit of that though is my knowing my own, own mortality with my own health struggles and Absolutely. feeling how fast it can be. It can Take go it away. away. Absolutely. But it's those little things like who would think about touching their warm partner just to know that they're mm. alive? Us morbid ass. Well, it's frogs. like I'm a psycho <laughs> in the sense that like if I'm dating someone and like they're leaving, I need to have a kiss. Yeah. And the- that's same thing when we travel. I told him. So he's not a big I love you person. Mm-hmm. He'll say it if I say it first, but he just has a hard time with the yeah, words. That's fair. He says you're my favorite all the time. That's, that's the way good. he says I love you. But I need to hear I love you. Yeah. And I told him once like when we leave for trips... I need to hear you say I love you because if that's the last time I see you and we didn't have an I love you, like that's going to be like my regret for the that's rest literally of my life. it. Yeah, because like Jeremy was like, "Why do you like?" I'm like, "What if you die? Yeah. This could be the last moment and then he's I ever like, fucking oh. see you again." He's like, well, okay. <laughs> like, how do you argue with that to <laughs> a like, widow? <laughs> Don't do this to me again. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's true. Like, yeah. you're always going to remember the last time you talked to that person. Like, yeah. it, and it, I mean, obviously, cancer is like a long haul. But mm-hmm. like, what if there's an accident or there's a? You never know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, number three. So COVID was yeah. my number two. <laughs> it's real great. <laughs> and number three is just having like, I'm, I realized I have fucking great friends. Yeah. I had some really shitty ones. Yeah. But those you, that I've weeded out. I was going to say word forward. I was going to say that yeah. you weed out the shit when you go you through get them. Stuff. Like I have my core friends now and like, I don't really need anything else. I'm not saying I wouldn't be someone's friend. I'm yeah. Like, but you have your like, you have friends and you have acquaintances. Yeah. And, and there's I, a big difference. I'm so content with the people I have right now that I feel just like incredibly lucky. Mm-hmm. So we have our little text. We're, we call ourselves daddy issues. <laughs> so it's five of us in a text group and we literally text like all day long. every All day. day. And sometimes we pop in and out. I've, th- mm-hmm. I've talked about daddy issues before actually in my podcast. As you should. Because it's important to have that support yeah, system. Nice. But I feel like no matter like if I need to vent about James or talk about something great he did or like Jeremy buying you your acai bowl, yeah. like you can share Sight. that with us or like you have a shitty day or your depression or whatever like just having like but then it's like then i'm working and then i get i'm like oh my god there's 132 text messages i'm like what is this (laughs) i feel like that's i think that's my number three and i know that that's like kind of vague but like no but that's like a big one okay so there's actually three questions from people oh cool that submitted Uh, so i asked about questions if people had questions for you so many people were just sharing stories oh that's good so many young widows Mm mm-hmm and a few widowers. Yeah, so I'm hoping it. that they listen to this I and can so. identify. But yeah. some of these questions are a little heavy, so I okay. apologize in advance. So first one, this is actually, this was two different girls that or people that asked kind of the same question. So I'm mm-hmm. going to read them both because I feel like they kind of go hand in hand, but I wanted to address them both. Okay. So first is from Ginger Lee. says, I just lost my husband in September. He took mm-hmm. his own life. Can we talk about how to move past the guilt and thinking if you had done one thing differently? Ooh. The other person... Deborah Durst said, my husband died a week ago from a massive heart attack that was brought on by a severe infection. Mm -hmm. All I can think of is if I had made him go to the hospital, he wouldn't have died. How do I stop blaming myself? How do I make this pain in my heart from taking over? So I think that's both hand in hand of the blame, but because it's suicide versus health stuff, it's a little different. It's a little different. different. Yeah. And I mean, my situation also is different. Like, again, no two stories are ever the same. Different. However, that guilt filtering, I get it. That you feel so guilty. Mm-hmm. Do you um, feel? Did you feel that like if you had done something, you oh, could absolutely. have changed the path? Well, because the reason he wanted back in the hospital is he had a pneumonia. It turned septic, mm-hmm. so he went to septic shock, and that's how all of this kind of went on. Then he died from cardiac arrest, whatever. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, "Holy fuck, I killed him." Why? Because why not? 
I don't know. It's like, <laughs> do you feel responsible for him having pneumonia? I was like, maybe I brought a bug home. I don't oh. know. Maybe I brought something in the house. You know Which what I mean? you know you didn't. You know, with the heart attack and everything, it's like, you could have gone, you could have taken him to the hospital, but we didn't. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. The suicide thing, that's awful. And I'm so sorry for both of you. It's awful. And mental health issues is something that like I deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. And like, as someone who has had those thoughts and stuff, it's like, there's nothing anybody you can, can blame do. Yourself. That's the thing. I've been there too. And like, there's never been a person that has made my mind go there. No, it's one. It's my brain chemistry yeah. or my life situation or mm-hmm. something. But there, uh, my brain has never gone to, I don't want to be here anymore. And it's because of this person, even well, if it's like the worst person in your life, like absolutely. even the person I hate the most in the world would yeah. never make me want to kill myself. No, you're also not going to save someone. No. If somebody wants to absolutely do that, not. they want to do it. Absolutely. I understand the feeling guilty. I get mm-hmm. it. I feel guilty all the time for existing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I sometimes I'm like, fuck, why wasn't it him or like whatever? Or why wasn't it me? Sorry. Um, it's, it's hard to not get out of that mind frame. And I understand that. And there's no right answer to like how to move Yeah, I mean, this is it. just like how you have dealt with yours, For me, really. Yeah. There's no right answer to grief at all. No, everyone does it differently. Yeah. And like, that's another thing. It's like, we all just need to accept how someone else does whatever they need to do. And mm-hmm. like, for me, moving beyond with the guilt, you know, it's just like I kept playing out the situation. Like, how could I have done this differently? I don't know. Yeah. There really wasn't a solution. Like, unless there is like a concrete, like if I had have done this differently, this would have happened. I, so I was actually just talking about the butterfly effect in my last podcast I did. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole, like, if you go back and change one thing, mm-hmm. it changes everything else. So you might've been able to go back and maybe you did bring a bug home that gave him pneumonia, yeah. pneumonia but then maybe he got something else and then it ended up in the same path. So you don't know. No one knows. What, yeah. There's no it, use feeling guilty. Yeah. Guilt is such a waste of an emotion. I was, that's the thing. It felt very draining. Just, wake up every day god and just fucking do it mm-hmm. i know it sucks and it's hard and it's gonna hurt for a really long time and it's never gonna feel any better you just get used to it to kind pain. of yeah, yeah it kind of becomes like a, a familiar sadness it goes from like a gashing open wound to like yeah. a, like a blister totally. that's annoying <laughs> and i call it moving moving forward not moving on I'm it's just, not like you're ever gonna forget about no, him but it I doesn't know. also doesn't mean that you're not gonna live yeah your life the facing that reality is hard and I hope you both find it because yeah. I'm really sorry, but everybody's got to do it their own way. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Next horribly depressing question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leah Routher, Raubathom. Everybody that submitted a question, your name will be in my show notes. So sorry if I'm saying names <laughs> wrong. Leah Raubathom. What were the things that people did for you that genuinely helped? Did you have someone help with physical stuff like making you dinner? Did you go see a therapist? Ooh, therapy. Therapy's big for me. Yeah. Yes. I preach therapy so hard on oh, the show. Everyone needs to go at yeah. least once in their life. Even if you just try it. Even if you're happy. Yeah. You're probably you not. You're, happy. <laughs> you're probably not. You're fake happy. I, I used to go when I was in my early 20s. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I've dealt with like very severe anxiety and depression for a very long time. And like I've worked through these issues before, but then when it started happening, I kind of didn't want my problems to be his problems because mm-hmm. he already had enough problems of his own. When you he was sick? I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't want to complain to him about my my life. Go to a therapist. That was great. Um, but it wasn't enough. So I went up going to psychiatrist and I am on medication. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time taking it, I was like, oh, this is how this is what people feel like. This is like normal. normal. This life? is normal. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So therapy, though, like that was really helpful because yeah. my therapist suggested the psychiatry thing. And I've always been very like anti, you know, that stigma again. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals. I was like, oh, I don't want to be mm-hmm. on drugs. Totally. 
but I am so happy I'm on drugs. That's the thing is brain chemistry is a real thing. And oh, yeah. There's some people need those drugs in their brains. Absolutely. I like there were times when I couldn't even like leave to go to Target. I was mm. so anxious. And we love Target. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it is sad. But people like just call like phone calls mm-hmm. was always really nice. Yes. Checking in on you. Checking in on me mm-hmm. was fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the most important things. Again, like I said, like dark thoughts and stuff. It's like, you know, my best friend spent the night a few times, which mm-hmm. was nice because I wasn't used to sleeping alone. Yeah. Just those little things like people bringing me food or like being like, hey, want to go hang out just to get me out of the house. People caring. Yeah. <laughs> like, Make, making you feel like you're not alone in all yeah, of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's nice to think that there's someone out there being like, oh God, like. What can I do to help that person? Yeah. To be in someone's thought, again, yeah. with the acai bowl, it's like to be in someone's thought like that. Yeah. Just at a random moment, like it's, it feels so good. Totally. Especially when you're in such a dark time, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm alone. And then you get a phone call and you're like, maybe I'm Oh, alone. I'm not alone. Uh, okay. So last question is yeah. Joanna Spots asks, what do I say to my friend that lost her husband? What do you say? Like, is there anything that like Helps. you don't want to hear or anything that is better do you want people to just be honest i like for me again like being a blunt person i want to be some like this sucks yeah this fucking sucks but i'm going to be here for you Mm -hmm. and we're going to get do that you're not going to be alone doing this saying i'm sorry is nice but like it's not your fault yeah it's like i'm sorry but that's the thing i think the response you expect from i'm sorry is it's okay and you're never going to get it's It's okay okay. from a widow (laughs) you're gonna like what do you say what do you say back to i'm sorry it's gonna be a lie uh yeah me too (laughs) yeah i'm fucking bummed i'm sorry is not no, my best friend was like, I'm going to have my phone on all the time. So if you need to call me, mm-hmm. cause I'd have like weird nightmares and stuff. I like wake up like screaming and like, it's hard, especially it's the first time you're being alone, mm-hmm. you know, in that capacity. And the book I mentioned earlier by Nora McInerney, the hot young widows club, I highly recommend it. Like for people to read that haven't gone through it, like to deal with, to support someone that has. Support. Okay. Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it tells you, like, what not to do as that person. Like, no one wants to hear this, 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 oh, this, this. Oh, totally. It, but it's like. It's an interesting perspective, and I think it's a real perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not like... So if your best friend is going through this, read by this book. Yeah. It's like... It's a short read, even if you're not a big reader. Like, it's yeah. cute. There's, like, fun colors and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, not super boring. Um, I took a lot away from that. I had my best friend read it, too, and she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, everyone needs to read this book. Interesting. Yeah. So... I'll have to read it. I think that will give you more of a sense of, like, what it what's actually happening. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to verbalize these things. Yeah. I'm going to leave it to a professional because I'm just one person going through your own. Yeah. And everyone, again, everyone's so different. It's like, maybe someone does need to hear. I'm sorry. Yeah. True. You don't know. That was the one thing when, so these people asked these questions on Facebook and then uh, people going through had like answered underneath on the Facebook threads. And so many people that had gone through the loss basically Mm -hmm. said like, just be there. Yeah. Like, just like always have your phone on, like check in, like don't do the, are you okay? But do the like, I'm coming over. I'm, yeah. We're going to hang out. Yes. Like, and here's the thing too, is like when it happens, you're bombarded normally by like so many people wanting to check on you and all these things, but then, and then everyone disappears. And then it kind of goes away. It's like, don't want to compare this to getting divorced, no, but no, the same happened. Getting divorced mm-hmm. is like, first of all, all the dudes I knew that finally knew I was single oh, same. were like, Oh, is there anything I can help you with? Like you fucking My creep. husband died and I had so many people from my past creep into my DMs. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. This is not like, it's so inappropriate. Oh, she's single. Let's yeah. do this. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Leave me alone. But it, it goes away. Yeah. Quick. And then suddenly and people just think you're okay or they just forget about it because it's not fresh anymore. Exactly. And it's like, I understand that other people have things going on. Everyone has a busy life. Everyone has a busy schedule. And I realize like, 
a widow or you're not going to be in someone's mind all the time. And that's going to fucking happen. Because right now there might be nobody thinking about either of us. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe even, I don't know, just like put a little thing in your calendar being like, check Check in on on so-and-so. Yeah, 100%. Because it's just like, we just need to be thought of. I went to the cemetery the day before his one year anniversary passing. But like he was cremated, so he's not even there. Oh, yeah. But like. Just to feel that. Just to feel, feeling. just like quiet. Cemeteries are peaceful. Yeah. That's not the a, thing. Not it's a like, lot of talking happening in cemeteries. And, you know, also it's like, that's the thing too. It's like, I, given any day, I don't know how I'm going to feel. No one knows how they're going to feel when they're going through this. It's like, one day I might be like, I literally don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And if we don't answer our phones or we don't respond right away, like, don't it's think okay. it's because of you. That's, it's the same with depression. Absolutely. People take that shit so personally. And it's, it's like, dude, like, I literally had no energy to like, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Because, like, this is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Also being understanding to mm-hmm. the person. It's like, they might get mad at you over something small, but it's just them frustrated with life. Yeah. You know, and, like, it sucks to be the person on the receiving end, but, like... You gotta be understanding. Yeah. It's the same when you're, when you're with someone that's sick and they absolutely. have a short temper. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. Don't take shit personally. <laughs> don't take things for granted. Good. That's a great end. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I feel like this me. is going to be really useful I to people so. i hope it felt good talking about him it did again, i just hope people are like this bitch like what she's no. talking about she's like nonchalant yeah they're gonna be like this bitch <laughs> and her grief oh <laughs> gross i'm boring <laughs> no thank you for having me i hope that maybe if it even just one person's like oh that was cool yeah that feels good i feel like there's gonna be more I hope so. so please if you guys are listening to this if you identify or you feel some type of way about this positive way don't send me any mean stuff um <laughs> send me a message and just let me know and i would be happy to pass it on to amanda because i'm sure you would love to hear how Absolutely. people are identifying with the story that you're telling yeah and that's the thing too like with the hot new widows club I, I still talk to a lot of those girls like we kind of became like you internet feel friends connection yeah life is all about connecting with people that you feel any kind of similarity to yeah and this is a very unique one yeah and it's hard to find us so totally. when you do find one hell yeah it's like a leprechaun yeah <laughs> it's like a weird club no one wanted to be a part of yeah but then you are but then you are so there you are yeah okay well thank you amanda yeah thank thanks you. for being part of my podcast thank you so, so much. thank you guys for listening i know this was kind of a heavy one but i think it was really important so as i say every week don't be an asshole and until next time here's me waving like a maniac bye guys <laughs> <laughs>